Hey everyone, welcome back to our channel. For those of you that are new, welcome to the shit show that is us. For those of you returning, thanks for coming back. We really Thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. Yep. So today's case is a very recent case um, involving the murders of four young people that were taken away too soon. Actually, today marks a month that the murders occurred. Oh, wow. Because it happened know. November 13th of this year. So yeah. exactly a month away. And we still don't know a whole lot about this case, but I tried to bring um, as much that was public information that I could give, basically. Yeah. Yep. And of course, as we always do, we will give our opinions and speculate. But before we get into that, my name's Natalie. I'm Erica, and this is Drunken True Crime. Do So before we get into it, we do have a few disclaimers. If you're new here, listen up. If you are returning, you've heard these a million times. So we're going to go through them fast. One, we talk about true crime. Two, we drink. Three, we cuss. Four, we laugh. And that's because we are typically <laughs> making fun of each other and sometimes the asshats that commit these murders, but never the victims. Exactly. Yeah. Never so the victims. We do have one last legal disclaimer that we are forced to put in here. And here it goes. Now. The information provided by us in this video is for educational purposes. All information in this video is provided in good faith. The views expressed are our own personal opinions, and the details we provide are all alleged, and individuals are innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. So, if all of those things sound great to you and none of those things offend you, then grab your cocktail and get those headphones because this case is... We're going to talk a lot on right. this one, for sure. But before we get started, today's drink that we are having... I actually looked up like the most popular because I didn't know if there was a cocktail in Idaho. So I was like, what is the most popular they cocktail? They don't have cocktails in Idaho. Well, I didn't know if they had like a state one or if yeah. there was like, like a local one. And it just popped up the most popular like cocktail in Idaho is a whiskey sour. Yes. Which Natalie doesn't really like it. Well, okay. So hear me out. So we went with a more traditional recipe. Which had, like, we did the whole shebang, like the egg white and all, y'all. We did it all. My suggestion is just get up and walk your ass to the store and get the mixed shit because it tastes better. <laughs> I know it's loaded with sugar, but that's why it tastes better. So. And I said I've had worse things in my mouth, so. Right. So today's case, we are covering the University of Idaho murders, the murders of Ethan Chafin, Kaylee Gonzalez, Zana Cronodal, and Madison Mogan. That was really good. I asked Suri before we started how to pronounce each yeah. names because I didn't want to offend them because I Just, wanted to be mindful of that and respect yeah, each so one of them. So if we did still say it wrong, we apologize, but just know the effort was there. Right. Just a little background. The four students that tragically lost their lives were 21-year-old Kaylee Gonzalez, 21-year-old Madison Mogan, 20-year-old Ethan Chapin, and then 20-year-old Zana Knodal. These four students went to the University of Idaho and lived in Moscow. The town of Moscow has a population of 25,000 people. Before these murders happened, there had not been a single murder that was recorded in this town for seven years. Yeah, and one thing on that, so what, it's about 25,000 to 26,000, whatever, um, people that live there. But isn't it like 13,000 of those are students? Like it is a yeah. college town. It is definitely a college town. Yeah. Everything like revolves around the college, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, this this um, tragic event has completely rocked and shaken this community. So before yeah. these murders um, occurred, the students 
mentioned they felt safe around the campus just walking late at night. They felt safe walking, you know, to bars and restaurants, and they felt like they could even, you know, leave their bikes unlocked. However, these murders, like I said, has completely shaken the community and taken away these young people's feelings of safety. Many students have even left early before um, Thanksgiving because they were too scared to stay. Yeah, I don't blame them. um, Due to the killer being on the loose. I mean, they still have no idea. It's a month later, have no idea who has done this to these four wonderful human beings. Yeah, and I mean, thinking back to like in school. So I lived by myself when I was in college. I wouldn't have gone back, especially now that they're like some of the professors are like allowing them to take um, online classes. Yeah, exactly. Like move it online because they say they don't feel comfortable forcing the students come back when there's a killer on the loose. But I don't I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that. I would have stayed with someone else. And that time. And even the university has, you know, they put in precautions like if their students are staying on campus, they need to walk in pairs. A coffee shop on campus has even changed their employees hours so that they can get home before dark, which is awesome. That's very smart. Trying to keep everybody um, safe. So 21-year-old Kaylee was from Rathdrum, Ohio, Idaho. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Okay. She is from Idaho, not Ohio. Um, So... You know, you can see from the pictures if you're watching on YouTube, Kaylee was extremely beautiful. Um, She had been, she was actually going to graduate a semester early. So she was set to graduate this December. Wow. Um, I know, which is so sad. So after graduation, she had it all set up where she was going to move to Austin, Texas. She already had a job lined Mm -hmm. up, um, which was really exciting. Um, She was going to be working for a marketing firm, and she was actually going to be moving down there with one of her friends, Jordan. Now... Kaylee was very excited to move away from her home state, which I'm sure most are. Yes, I was. At I least. never did. So <laughs> <laughs> stayed in my home state forever. Um, and, you know, just explore more of the country. She loved to travel. And mm-hmm. this this was just a very exciting time for her. Kaylee was also in the Alpha Phi sorority, where her little described her as a kind, loving person who enjoyed silly pranks, who loved to travel and was always looking for an adventure. So now going to Kaylee's best friend, Madison. So she was also 21 years old and she went by Maddie and she was from Coeur d'Alene. Thank you. (laughs) Idaho. Um, Maddie was also described as being extremely kind and caring. She cared deeply about her friendships and made sure to stay close with her family, even even her extended family. Mm -hmm. Now, Maddie had a boyfriend named Jake who said she was so excited about graduating next year. And, you know, just overall, Maddie was a very, very positive person who brought acts of kindness to others. Also, fun fact, she was in the same sorority that I was in. in Really? Yeah. So she was in Pi Beta Phi. Um, And her and Kaylee grew up together. Like, they were best, best friends. So they had known each other from childhood, went to high school together, and then chose to to, live together in college, which I think is so awesome. So then we have 20-year-old Zanna, who is from Post Falls, Idaho. She spent, however, though, she did spend some time in Arizona in her recent years because that's where her father lived. Now, her father describes her as someone who was never worried about drama. She just really liked having fun um, with her friends and never really liked materialistic things. She was a tough girl and always responsible. She had even been helping out her boyfriend, Ethan, with his own studies, which I did hear her dad speak about this, how Mm -hmm. he had noticed a change since um, she had started dating Ethan and how she had been really helpful to him and how they were just growing together as a couple. And it was so exciting for him to see, um, which is just even more heartbreaking when we go through the details of what happens next. 
So 20-year-old Ethan Chapin was from Conway, Washington. He was one of a set of triplets who was really he was really close to yeah. triplets. Good I know. lord. And they're so cute. If you use like I've saw pictures of them and they like and they like refer to each other as best friends yes. and it's like they've been together since they were in the womb and oh it's it's adorable. It was said that on the day of November 12th, um he spent the majority of his day with his siblings. His mom, Stacy, described him as being the life of the party, made everyone laugh, and was the kindest person that she could know, which, oh my God. No, he's so sweet. I, these kids just seemed, they seemed to have their whole lives ahead of them, and they yeah. were like, their head, doing, like, had their head on straight. They had their like head on straight. They were doing good. Yeah. They were doing the right things in life. It just, and they were going to go so far. Mm-hmm. It pisses me off. I know. <laughs> All three girls, Madison, Kaylee, and Zana, lived in a house on 1112 King Street at nearby off-campus in Moscow. In addition, they lived with two other roommates in a three-story home with six bedrooms. Ethan, who was Zana's boyfriend, was visiting at the time that this event occurred. Which was not, like, abnormal. Like, he spent the night a lot. Yeah, right? he was he was around the house a lot. Like like you said, um she was helping him with his homework and stuff yeah. like that. So he would be over. And from what I've read, like these six individuals um that lived in this house and I'm including Ethan yeah. into this. Okay. Um they were best friends. Like they yeah. did everything together. Okay. So I'm um, there's a famous um Instagram post that Kaylee posted mm-hmm. the you know, her last post and it was all the six of them. It's famous now, like it's pretty much all that will pop up on Google, but that was the last post, but it's all six of them like about to go to the football game. But on Saturday, November twelfth, all six of the friends went to a football game that afternoon. Later on that night, Ethan and Zana went to a party on campus at the Sigma Chi fraternity house. Um, at around 8 or 9 p.m., this is just like a timeline that the police have put together through um, Twitch and just different video surveillance cameras. Um, they they say 8 to 9-ish, so yeah. there's not like an exact time, which the fraternity was a short walk away from the house on King Street or King Road, I should say. You know, it's King, it's King Street. Street. Yeah. Natalie, tell me about an experience that you had at frat parties, and I'll tell you a tale of Erica peeing on a frat house while completely trashed. I don't remember any, like, funny ones. I also had a boyfriend all throughout college. I had a boyfriend when I peed on a frat house, but, I mean. Yeah, I get, I was more to of the mother. Own. I was, like, <laughs> I was more of the, like, mother hen, I feel like, well, with our friends. My friends were also batshit crazy. Yeah. Like, well, anyways. my story, I wasn't actually supposed to be out partying because it was during our um, Alabama gymnastics, like, season. And, like, a couple of us just snuck away after our meet and went to a couple of parties. And I don't know which fraternity house it was. Like I said, I was completely trashed. But we had played – have you ever called, um, heard of Slap the Bag? Where you drink wine out of the bag and you slap it? I've heard of it. I have never partaken. Well, that was what I was drinking. You know, those box wines. So, um, Real classy. You get very classy and you get really drunk really fast. And I walked outside and I was like, I didn't realize I was outside. I thought that I was in the bathroom. But you remember all of this? Yes. Oh, that's impressive. And peed on the brick of the frat house. And a lot of my a lot of my teammates were like videoing and giggling. But somehow our head coach found out about it and had the video somehow. the next day. Um, I don't doubt that. The you're, next you're day. You're lucky you didn't get arrested. Children, don't do this. Also, children, children, children. don't watch our channel. 
yeah children you need to get off our (laughs) channel in general but But children children don't watch don't don't do that do as I say not as I do yeah that was a lovely story I told I know I know okay (laughs) back to the case investigators have said that from 10 p.m to 1 a.m Madison and Kaylee were at a corner club in downtown Moscow when I did my Lord's work and did the deep dive of this case, I found out that the Corner Club is a sports bar and is really popular for fans that are um, University of Ohio. I said it. I know. I, I don't know why I keep saying that to you. So I found that the Corner Club is a sports bar that is in downtown Moscow and is really popular to the fans of University of Idaho. Vandals. Madison Kaylee, who are captured on video at 1.41 a.m., they were standing outside of a food truck. They are waiting in line at the Grub Wandering Kitchen's food truck. God, I miss college food trucks. (laughs) They are chatting with friends in line. They are placing their order. So after that, Madison and Kaylee received a ride from a quote-unquote private party. Party. Fuck my life. Party. Madison and Kaylee received a ride from a quote-unquote private. What's wrong with me? Private party. Thank you. They received a ride from a private party. I got you. Thank you. You got me, girl. (laughs) Initially, they thought it was an Uber ride, um, but police have specifically stated it was a private party who they, hey, I finally said it, (laughs) who they have not released yet who it was. Um, The private party has been ruled out as a suspect. They arrived at the home around 2 a.m. In the early hours of November 13th, investigators believe that Xana and Ethan returned to Xana's home on King Road after... They had had enough of frat partying. It has been said that the two surviving roommates also went out on November 12th. They returned home that night before the other four students. They returned around 1 a.m. So they weren't as, they weren't out partying as much as the other four. But yeah. they, they did come home at a somewhat decent hour and went to bed after that. That is not decent. That is still late. For a college student? Yeah, I guess. But still. Oof. Girl, I'm 32 and I still go out at like 4 a.m. sometimes. I don't I don't like that. So police have been up front and said that recently it is believed that the murders took place between the hours of 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Later on, later on that morning of November 13th, the two surviving roommates um, woke up a little bit later in the evening. They went upstairs in the morning. In the morning. Yeah. Um, they went upstairs to find, you know, their roommates kind of unconscious and not you know, not responding. Yeah. So they called a third party. This could be their friends oh. from outside of the house. Now, the third party decides if it's a one person or two. We don't know that yet. Okay. But they decide to come to the house. Yeah. That third party calls um, 911, and that was placed at 11.58 a.m., reporting an unconscious person. Yeah, and I've heard so many different reports of how this went down because this seems a little sketchy to me. I'm not going to lie. When I first heard this, I was like, unconscious? Like, we know it was a bloodbath in there. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't tell me these students were stabbed that many times and there wasn't blood everywhere. So if you walk in and, like, don't notice, like, I thought it was sketchy at first. I now, like, after more has come out, I get, like, they're they're not – involved in this right no but like how it's reported I just think they're not telling us exactly what happened like it's this how it's being reported is not what it's really not happened. computing unless they did like CPR and they're like okay they're not responding like now we should call 911 but you wouldn't call some like as an unconscious person right like you would, you would say like, like something yeah my friends have been attacked or like stabbed mm-hmm. or they're bleeding everywhere or right. it wouldn't be oh it's an unconscious person it was just a weird it was just weird, I feel like. On top of that, the third party was the one that placed the call. Um, 
using one of the phones of the surviving roommate. So they didn't even call from their own cell phone. They used the surviving roommate's cell phone. Well, I don't understand why the roommate wouldn't have just called 911. Like, it just seems a little sketchy. I just think it's not being reported how it went down. Right. The attacks when they started, they believe that the four students were asleep. Now, some of the victims had defensive wounds, so, you know, maybe they woke up when it first occurred and they tried to defend themselves. Um, At this point, it's not fully known, Mm -hmm. Um, but it brings into question, how does a murderer seemingly get in there, leave there with two surviving members in the home? So there's four that were murdered, Mm -hmm. two surviving ones. Now, I have something on this, so I don't know if you're going to get into it, but... And the house information, which I think I cover anyways, but I'll go ahead and say it. Yeah. So, like, the two surviving roommates were on the first floor. Kaylee and Madison were on the second floor. And then um, Zana and Ethan were on the third floor. Yeah, but so another thing about this house is that it's three stories, but it wasn't always three stories. So it was originally a one-story home. And so where the two surviving you know roommates in this house were that was like the walls that are pressed up against the second and third and what they're against were originally exterior walls Mm -hmm. so that soundproofing or if you will it's it's just there's more soundproofing to it than your average like house and walls um so there it very well could be that they just didn't hear it and we talked about this they were out drinking right the night before um they were college students like we've been there right like you know So another thing that I didn't really get into just Mm -hmm. because like it's been talked about, but I didn't really know how to bring it up. I just thought I would do it on the fly is there was a code to get into the house and it was said by I think Kaylee's sister Mm -hmm. that this house was a party house and you know, you know how things go around. It's like, hey, I forgot the code when someone's coming in. They're like, oh, here's the code. Like, yeah, it was passed around a lot. Yeah. I heard the same thing that this was a party house, a go-to house, and mm-hmm. the code was shared with everyone. I had, a f- like, friends who, like, taught me how to break into their house using a credit card. Right. Like, this is normal in college. And especially, like, I did not grow up in, like, grow up. I did not go to college in the safest city no. at all. And so uh, they've described this as being super safe. So I, this is not abnormal to me that they would just hand this out. No. Now, it was reported that Kaylee had a dog that was in the home when the police arrived at the crime scene. And crime scene investigators said that the dog was not present where the victims were found. Now, this gives us some hesitation. One, why wasn't the dog in the room with Kaylee? Like, maybe the dog dog was barking a lot because she sensed, like, maybe the murderer was already outside waiting for them to go to bed. Yeah. And because it was barking a lot, Kaylee got annoyed and, like, locked it out of the bedroom. Gotcha. Police also have said that the dog did not tamper with any of the crime scene. Like, there's no blood. There's no, like, him being in there, um, which would make sense if Kaylee locked him out of the bedroom. I feel like, um, so the dog, I feel like, had to be downstairs then. And if the dog was downstairs, why didn't it attack that person that came in? Yeah. Um, my dogs would be attacking till the very end, like Katie Janessa's dog Mm -hmm. that we've talked about. I mean attacking till the very end is it possible that the dog was already familiar with the person or persons coming into the home so it didn't see it as a threat so is it confirmed that the dog was inside the house versus outside the house so police said that the dog was uh, the dog was in the house when police got there yeah that's weird to me i feel like a dog would 
at least bark enough to where it would wake up the two, like Zana or Zana and um, Ethan. I don't know. I, there's a lot of weird things in this story. Yeah. Because that, we're not getting the whole story. Rightfully so. Right. Because it's an so. active investigation. We get it. But that's why there is so much speculation in this case. Right. Because we don't know half of the shit that actually went on. So police said that the dog was taken to the shelter after they came in and did the investigation where it was released back to Kaylee's family. Um, Another thing that um, has been brought up in the media and, you know, speculation, there was a dog that was on King Road um, three weeks before the murders that had been taken and flayed. Oh, yeah, I did hear about this. And, yeah. like, I think it was left outside the owner's house or somehow it was found and it was filleted. And that's three weeks before the murder. So the speculation was this was both related, but police came out this week and said that, you know, there's no connection between the dog that was flayed, which that's fucking psychopath. I, I was mean, say, what's going on? There what is in going Idaho? on in Moscow? on King Street or on King, <laughs> King Road, Road in a span of like four weeks? Yeah. Like Moscow, what, you're not that safe is what What the fuck is you. going on? Yeah. There's a dog that's filleted and then this happens. Like, oh my God. So diving a little bit into the house. So in this three-story home, police found Kaylee and Madison on the second floor. And then Zana and Ethan, they were on the third floor. And then again, the two surviving roommates were on the first floor. Now, even though it's like kind of sketchy, we talked about this with the 911 call and whether they wouldn't be able to hear you know, a vicious attack going on. Police quickly cleared the two surviving roommates as suspects. So stop speculating that they're the ones that did it. Right. Um, Now, the next statement that's come out is coming from the property management team that manages the rental house. Now, there's actually a sixth person, sixth, whoa, sixth person (laughs) that is on the lease agreement. It's unclear if this sixth person that was on the lease was still living at the home during this tragic event. So the police stated that four victims were stabbed to death with a edged weapon. Lately, they have stated that the victims are stabbed with a fixed blade weapon. Police still have not found the murder weapon that was used, though. So there was an autopsy done by the county coroner. And this is what um, he or she, I can't remember if it was a he or she. I'm just doing this like verbatim of just like. Not verbatim. It was a she? Yeah. yeah. I'm just doing this off of memory. So she stated for University of Ohio Fuck. Ohio and Idaho. You were getting closer to Idaho that time. What the hell? It's, I started it. I started it. I like cursed us from the beginning <laughs> with Ohio. <laughs> oh, bless so it. four University of Idaho students were found dead in a rental home Sunday. They were stabbed to death in their beds and likely were still asleep. Each victim suffered multiple stab wounds um, would be from a pretty large knife is what the coroner said. It has to be someone that is pretty angry in order to stab four people, um, stab four people to death. The victims were stabbed in the chest and the upper body area, which is what caused their um, death. The victims were also likely asleep, like she already stated. Some had defensive wounds and each were stabbed multiple times. There was no evidence of S.A., so police have said that there is no sign of forced entry or no signs of anything that had been taken from the home either. A lot of people said in this community, right, that they kept like their doors unlocked. A lot of people had a code. There was a back window that was like a sliding door that you can easily like get into without breaking right. in, right? Okay. And given that all six of them were like 
out and about and they came home probably a little tipsy yeah you're not going to be as cautious as you probably were so yeah that's a good point (laughs) so wrapping it like Let's take a step back and what do we know, right? So there were multiple phone calls made by Kaylee and Madison to a male individual. It's now being reported that those multiple phone calls were to Kaylee's ex-boyfriend. Now, this communication helped narrow down the timeline and time of death. And when we say multiple, it was like back to back to back. Like it was like eight phone calls. And yeah. I've like done, I've read some articles um, saying that this was normal to Kaylee. Yeah. Which I, made yeah. me laugh because I've done this to so many people. Like she would call her family and she would call them repeatedly until they answered. Yeah. And like we talked about, they'd went, they had gone out that night, like, probably a little tipsy right. probably drunk honestly and like if I this is how I feel like it would go down if you and I were together if Kaylee's like calling over and over again her ex-boyfriend doesn't answer I'd be like Erica call him yeah and that's, that's probably, probably what, what happened yeah exactly and, and so, you know police has I mean they've investigated the ex-boyfriend but they don't see any suspicious signs that he's a suspect at this time right. they haven't ruled him out but yeah it's yeah I mean, this this doesn't seem that weird to me that they no. did this at all. No, it's just two girls that are drunk and wanting to prank call people yeah. late at night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so then there's also a stalker incident. So back in October of 2022, Kaylee had mentioned to her friends that she had a stalker. So police found where this story or where this story stems from. So according to police, Kaylee was at an unidentified business where two men were inside the business trying to pick up women. One of those men followed Kaylee around the store and even out to her car. Now, he did not contact Kaylee, but, I mean. I'd be fucking freaked out. Yeah, that's, like, sketchy as hell and super scary. Now, the two men were investigated, but were in, wow, what the fuck? (laughs) We cannot talk today. So, the two men were investigated by police, but they were cleared as suspects. Who goes to a business and just is like, I'm picking up women? What does that even mean? <laughs> what is going on in Moscow? What What does that even mean? I'm like picking them up for a date or I'm just going to stalk them around the store yeah. to see if I like what I see and then like you, ask them out on a date. Like you do that at businesses, but like, I mean, at businesses, at bars, but not at like businesses and like stores and I would stuff. think it would be like probably a grocery store or yeah. something. Yeah. Sketchy ass fucking people. Right. Stalkers. So weird. <laughs> Stalkers. So Sorry. Natalie, final thoughts. Uh, so this case is really frustrating. One, the fact that we have, well, I don't know. I hope police have leads and they're just not telling us. Mm-hmm. I think that they have someone in mind. I think that they have a suspect in mind. But honestly, my mind is kind of all over the place. So first and foremost, just being a true crime, you know, addict. My first was, is this a Ted Bundy, Chi Omega type situation? That's what I thought about in my mind, too. Yeah. But then, because he did leave two surviving, yeah, he people. left surviving witnesses. He and left a one surviving actually, victim. Yeah, he left a surviving victim and yeah. two surviving other roommates. Yeah, and so it's it's one of those. Now I know that there's a lot of speculation. Was it a targeted event or a targeted attack? Was it not? If it was a targeted attack, I would think that it would be after Kaylee and Matt. It would be in Madison or Maddie. I think it would be interesting to see. How Ethan and Xana play into it? Well, like, I just don't understand. Like, I understand the f- roommates on the first floor not hearing anything. I don't understand how this person was able to attack four different people. Well, okay, let's say four different people in three different rooms. Attack all these people with... 
without anyone else waking up. Like they were all found in their bedrooms. And that's mm-hmm. where the crime scene was, to our knowledge, so far, which each one of those. So it's not like he murdered them and then put them back in their room. So like how was he able or they able to do this without them waking up? It's just so weird to me. And also did they, I mean, it's not been said, did they go for Xana and Ethan first because right. Ethan was a boy so they would have gone all the way up to the third floor first to kind of take out the target like yeah. take out the threat they would have to have been watching them then right beforehand if they knew that Ethan because Ethan didn't live there now he was there a lot but like just to he know he was in that there. right to house. know where he was and where Xana's room was yes and exactly when they all were in the house mm-hmm. and like what uh, when did who came home first again the two surviving roommates well, no, no, no. After them, like between Xana and Ethan. Because Ethan it was, and Xana. Okay, they came back first and mm-hmm. then. So that leads me to believe like if they were going after Ethan and Xana, like why wouldn't they have attacked him there unless they'd been watching the house and they knew that there were two other roommates that they thought would come home? Or was it Kaylee and Maddie were the targets? I don't think it was all but four But then of them. like why, why even bother with the two others and then not even do the two downstairs yeah I don't know it's it's a it's weird like any situation I come up with there there's always questions like that and I have no answers what if it's multiple people I feel like it almost would have to be for them to like whoever it was to be able to kill all those people at once without waking someone else up right and I've even thought like what if the person if they knew the code or there was like no entryway what if they were already in the house when everybody came home that is scary as fuck. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. what if they were already in the house when, like, they they had left at a, like, out to go partying and they had already, like, cased the place? Yeah. Like, cased, like, the bedrooms and, yeah. like, everything else. And they were already in the home so that they already knew where to go. Yeah. And to be as stealth as possible to right. make their move. Yeah. I don't that's scary as it would fuck. like that's how I'm thinking like I want I would want to know more about like the dog incident yeah like the Kaylee's dog yeah was it a bark or was it a girl I want to know more about that sixth roommate yeah I want to know more about like if it's one person if it's two person were they stalking the house how yeah. they case out the I mean did they go to a party and that's how they cased out the floor plan in each room yeah, in the I mean, house. They would have to know they'd have to know a little bit about this house. They would right? have to know a little bit about this house. And that's kind of weird to do that at a party too. I would want to know what like did they all sustain the same type of injuries? Which was one attacked more than the other? I know that it came out, um I can't remember, was it Kaylee or Maddie's dad who came out and he said It's Kaylee's Kaylee's dad saying that his daughter was attacked more viciously than anyone else. So does that that leads one to believe that maybe it's she targeted. was a target yeah um but then again why kill everyone else right if she was a target um maybe the other three saw them out but Santa and Ethan weren't ever with Maddie and Kaylee that night right they only went to the football game together right with the, with the other two surviving roommates right so it's like so it's not if they were if they like made someone mad at the corner club I would yeah. want to know more about who was at the corner club or at that grub right wandering kitchen Food thing. truck yeah. or something. Because there was a guy caught on camera mm-hmm. at that one, but they eliminated him as a suspect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I've got to believe that the police know more than what they're saying, which is absolutely fine. We get it. That's great. I really hope they have a suspect. It's astounding, though, that it's gotten this much publicity. It's been a month, 
and there's no leads. I would be terrified if I was a student. And there was a lot of articles um, leading up to yesterday because yesterday was actually the commencement for the end of the semester. Oh, wow. Okay. So they were thinking that like the murderer would actually be in attendance there. So they had like a lot of security. Right. I haven't heard what happened or if anything happened at that commencement. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would be splashed all over the news if it it did. We would have heard that by now, I think. But it's an eerie feeling like is this is this it or is more coming there's got to be more coming there's no way that these don't get solved I would have to like you can't be like leave a crime scene where it's that hectic and chaotic and blood no I'm talking about is this the end of like a spree slash serial killing or is there more to come that's another thing is it a serial killer I mean, he's already technically, he or she is already technically technically a serial killer, but it's also a spree killing. Right. Yeah. You're right. Oh, I don't know. I hope, I hope to God. I hope to God not. Um, I hope to God it's the end. You know, our hearts and our prayers go out to Kaylee, Madison, Zana, and Ethan's friends and family, the University of Idaho, and the community of Moscow. This has totally rocked everyone's world and us in Tennessee, your two girls that drunk a true crime, our hearts go out to you guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's touched the entire country. It has internationally. It's yeah. international news now. Yeah. And it's just, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, if you would like to send a tip um, to the Moscow police, please call 208-883-7180. Or you can email a tip at email.tipline at cl.moscow.id.us.com. Uh, dot us sorry <laughs> that is one hell of an email address okay that was impressive <laughs> so natalie when she edits she's going to just put it up on the um yeah that's going to be hard to edit out but we will we'll put it on the screen put it on the screen so like my dumb ass doesn't like sound ridiculous <laughs> and then if you're listening to this on audio we'll put it in the show notes yes please so well with that being said y'all be, be a, a bitch, bitch and stay alive, alive. cheers, cheers.